Hi, I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And this week, on This Week with Larry Miller, we have one of the most popular shows we do every year, our President's Day special. That's right, President's Day, which is so special that until you do a show on it, you realize it's not that special. They're not so special, but we made it funny. Please tune us in, and we'll see you here. Corolla Digital. Hello, my little fish McBites. It's me, Allison. How goes it? I have an extremely first world problem conundrum, which I've debated even mentioning because I have a feeling it's going to make you say, wow, that bitch has no problems. But anyway, here it is. Um, how exactly does one find a cleaning person? Because you, it's not as simple as just whatever you think would be simple. It's not simple. My point being, the other day I was uh, cleaning the shower and then the bathroom sink and then the toilets and um, whatnot. And I thought, you know, I would rather pay someone to do this because it's taking me far longer than, uh, than I want to spend. You know what? I don't need to justify to you why I don't want to do simple housework that most people are fine with doing on their own, except for the people that actually pay someone else to do it. So anyway, I was like, you know what, maybe it's that time, that time in my life where I say, um, I'm going to, I'm going to have someone come in and do this. However, for a while now, I've been thinking that, and I don't know how to find this person because when you ask people, they are like, strangely secretive and protective of their cleaning person, usually because that person, oh, well, I don't know if she has a day. I don't know if she has a day free, you know? So anyway, or I don't know, maybe people just don't want me to steal their, steal their clean. I don't know. Gary, do you have work, work around the house? Uh, no, we need to get one for my new house. But at my last place, I uh, asked the building manager. And they just offered a person? Yeah, they just recommended a person, like uh, gave me their number. And huh. they came right over. I'm going to need – and how much did that cost, roughly? Well, I'm not sure I want to reveal how lucrative my job is here in the podcast empire, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, it was – let me see. Well, my place was a one-bedroom, mm-hmm. uh, and it was, I think, 80 bucks. but they said that I was going to go down after the first one because right. I'd been living there for like a year and a half, so they were going to like get a baseline and then mm. – and then drop it after that because the first time was going to take longer. I think they said it was going to be like 60 bucks. Oh, see, that is super affordable. And now I know that I could just go on to Yelp or Angie's List, let's say, and find someone, yet for some reason I'm nervous. Like I like to go on to those sites after I've already been somewhere to see what other people thought. Or if there's somewhere that someone told me I should go, then I'll look to make sure that I'm not going somewhere that's gotten a bunch of negative reviews. But the idea of just blindly choosing someone based on good reviews makes me nervous. I don't know why. That's just me or everyone. You? That's not me. Oh, you will just go on there and find some place or someone that has good reviews? Yeah. If I need something, I will go to Yelp and yeah. And, you, and it works out well for you? You don't feel yeah. like there's some sort of uh, – what am I trying to say? Like I feel like people can somehow play around with the reviews or something. Well, I mean I don't <laughs> – Which is super ironic considering the next segment on this show. Yeah. Well, I don't trust like ones that only have five or ten reviews. But like mm-hmm. if they've got like 140 reviews and their average is four or better, then I just – Right. Yeah. Speaking of, I believe it's time for iTunes Comment of the Week. 
Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments and don't forget to click five stars. All right. This week's iTunes comment of the week comes from Susan L10, and it reads, I can't believe it's been a year. I've been on board since episode one. I love every minute of your podcast, and I had the pleasure of telling you and Gary that in person when we were in town for the L.A. Podcast Festival. You were both very approachable, genuine, and gracious, although by Monday, I'm sure you felt like we were a couple of stalkers. No, we did not. Allison, I love that you put yourself out there. Gary, plug your ears or cover your eyes. (laughs) I'm getting older, and my periods are getting very unpredictable in all aspects. Tell me about it, girlfriend. I use the app iPeriod to track and predict my cycle. It's very handy, sends notifications, etc., so that you wouldn't have to do all the tracking, counting, etc. yourself in iCal. (laughs) Keep I'm going to get that for work. Daniel so he knows what to predict. Keep up the great work and thank you for the free entertainment at Susan L10. Well, thank you very much for being a devoted fan and for being nice and for being lovely and for for fearing for Gary's tender, vulnerable sensibilities. He looks totally fine, though. That was nothing compared to some of the stuff that we read on this show and talk about. But and, I know uh, Susan is such a hardcore listener. She obviously knows I read these. So how can I close my eyes? You're I right. I didn't have an option. I was pinned into the corner. I know. I know. Thank I, you for not feel dirty. for not lashing out when we backed you into a corner and forced you to read about period trackers and whatnot. If not for this people, window between us. I know. A lot of people have so – I have so many suggestions. Ultra thin maxi – I mean not ultra thin maxi pad. That's an oxymoron. Ultra thin <laughs> – Look at Gary with his earphones off. There's nothing even gross or viscous. I'm not even talking about when you get up a whole bunch of blood clots in there, Gary. <laughs> okay, I think it's time for fan phone call. We'll be calling Anna. Hi, this is Anna. I can't take your call, but if you leave a message, I'll call you back. Thank you. Hello, Anna. It's Allison Rosen from Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Gary and I are calling you as part of the fan phone call segment, but alas, you seem to be unavailable. Perhaps you're at work. Gary, do you know roughly what part of the country she's in? Southern California, so she probably just got off work and is in traffic or something. (sighs) Well... If there's any excuse for missing this phone call, it's because you're stuck in traffic. Um, anyway, Anna, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you almost got to talk to us. And no, you know what? I'm going to stop being such an asshole. I'm sorry that we almost got to talk to you. No, I. you know what? All around, this has been a wash. Thanks, Anna. <laughs> I imagine her name being spelled A-N-A. Is it A-N-A or A-N-N-A? It's A-N-N-A-H. Really? That I did not see coming. Possibly. I I was going to say, maybe I told you the wrong name, but she said it on her voicemail. She did? Yeah. Were you thinking maybe it was Anna? Anna, Anna oh. or something. Huh. Or could the H be part of her last name? No. She put her last name in there. You know why I think we're doing so well in the charts lately? Why is Hot that? discussion about consonants and vowels. Yeah. All this. By the way, I found out that ellipses are only counted as one character on Twitter. I think you had told me that. I think we had discussed that we thought it was only that you could make a symbol that right. was ellipses, but if you type three, it just, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. If that you watch is your the best count. news I've heard all day. 
Boom. <laughs> I'm crazy, crazily excited about that. Um, yeah, because this came up because a lot of people will just do, and I do this too, the single quote mark when you put something in quotes, thinking that if you do the the you know double quote or the actual quotation mark, then you're screwing your character count. But it turns out that is not the case. Your mic's not on. Yeah, no, that definitely is not the case. I know. And you introduced me to that, Gary. And since then, I got really excited. And then I've gone back to using the single quote mark. Yeah. The older I get, the more my brain is just uh, like it used to be. What's a really soft eraser? Some kind of gum eraser, perhaps. Probably the white ones tend to be soft for some reason. Yes. It used to be one of those where you erase something and you're like, that left gray crud all over the paper. And now my eraser has darkness all over it. And but it's turned into some kind of hard eraser, like the red one that leaves all kind of weird dust all yes. over the place. Yes. Oh, actually, I see. This is an example of it. My brain also feels like the hard eraser would be some kind of gum eraser. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one of those yellow. It looks like a big hunk of earwax. I thought we moved away from office supplies. Well, obviously we haven't. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm calling. I'm back to calling them cars, but obviously some part of my heart is still stuck in Staples. I don't think you were ever really I know. properly satisfied. I wasn't. There's there's a desk blotter shaped hole in my heart that uh, only this kind of discussion will fill. Anyway, I think that it is time to unleash part two of the T.J. Miller episode. T.J. Miller interview. I hope you guys enjoyed part one. I really like talking with T.J. Um, I think I love him. And we're going to try to get him back soon. Hopefully, perhaps, for a live show. And speaking of live shows, perhaps you need a little more Allison Rosen is your new best friend in your life. Why not just... I'm trying to think what verb I want to use. I'm going to say just scoot. Scoot on over with your fingers, not your butt. Because if you did it with your butt... Um, I mean, unless you can type with your butt, in which case you have a really small muscular ass. Congratulations. So skedaddle with your fingers over to the comedy album section of the iTunes store, and you can get the live episode of my show from the L.A. Podcast Festival mentioned earlier in the iTunes comment with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. It's $1.99. And also, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, why not click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It does not cost you anything extra, and it helps out the show. And also, if you've been noticing that there's been some annoying issues with the iTunes feed, we've been noticing that too, and it makes me want to put my fist through a computer. I haven't done that yet, but any minute I could. And... um. They've told us that it's fixed, but I, uh, well, this more as of this morning, it was unfixed once more, but we're on top of it. And by that, I mean noticing it and sending emails and hoping that it works and something happens anyway. Okay, I'm going to stop babbling in your ear. I love you guys. Here's the episode. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison And I think that's why you need comedy because I, I don't think – I would never be a very good politician. And even if I was, I think that there's in, – in a way, they're limited in the scope of what they can do that mm-hmm. benefits humankind. And I don't value that any more than 
some you know making somebody laugh and forget right. their problems for an hour and a half. I think each of those are of equal value, and you should be trying to make people happy anyway. So I do it in a way that's like a drug pusher, you mm-hmm. know, because I'm like, here's an immediate sort of escape, and I'll see you later. I'll see you when you can afford to come back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what What was it? Wait, how many siblings do you have? Um, two older half sisters and one younger sister. Full sister. Yeah. That's like she's I have. Full, I mean, you know, she's missing a couple elbows, but she's right. almost completely. But same mom and dad. Yes. Yes, I have two older half brothers, and then I have a younger sister. Interesting. What's the age difference between you and your sister? So we're at seven years. Oh, but younger years. sister? Yeah. Uh, three three years, nine months. We're not the same at all. Not at all. That's interesting. And your parents are still together. Uh, yeah. Are, are your yes? Yeah. And your sisters, your older sisters, are from your dad's first marriage or yes. your mom's first marriage? Father. It's, we're so the same. And see, it I was raised. I was raised atheist as well. We are um, very similar. Yeah, but what was that like being raised atheist? Because for me, being raised that way in uh, Orange County, California, was weird. Because people there are quite religious. Denver, it's not weird. You know, it's a lot of a lot of the people that I grew up with were Jewish, mm-hmm. and they just don't really push their religion on you at all. It's kind of more of a private. I found. And then, you know, we celebrated Christmas and my extended family is very religious. They like – some of my aunts and uncles converted from Christianity to Catholicism. Oh, wow. So they got more hardcore. (laughs) Um, And, you know, but my father in Denver, it's sort of a very liberal, smart town and, you know, there just – it wasn't a lot of it. It's like most of the kids – that I was friends with who were kind of like gangster type wannabe weirdo guys or real actual gang people, you know, would – they weren't talking about God or they just assumed everybody sort of went to church on Sundays and all that stuff and I just didn't. And, they were, you know, social events were not centered around the church mm-hmm. at all. So – but it was – you know, it wasn't weird. It just was like – my father was like this is the way it was. My mother was an agnostic because I think – an agnostic sometimes is an atheist who doesn't want to totally admit that there yeah. isn't. Still hanging on to like, well, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. And um, But I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, I, my father has like now become a guy who is anti-religion and really is like a Christopher Hitchens follower and mm-hmm. gets pretty into that stuff. And I definitely see that perspective. But I think for where I am, it's like if you're – Like does he try to talk – people out of being religious. He makes fun of them openly to their face. I mean, hmm. He's a very funny guy and he's very witty. So he finds it much more effective to sort of expose the hypocrisy of the church, right. which is pretty easy to do. Yeah. You don't need to be a real brainiac to see that it's – they're playing three-card Monty with priests who've been charged with, you know, fiddling around with young boys' mm-hmm. penis parts. <laughs> teeny peens. Um, teeny peens. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean – and it, it, I, I just never – it's easier to not question that. Like I had like a month where I was like maybe I'll read up on religion and see if it's something I'm interested in. And when you haven't been raised in that world, you just look at it and you're like, what? Yeah. I'm supposed I, to feel guilty about masturbating mm. instead of figure out how to stop it's, masturbating yeah. just so I have more time in the day? I remember at a young age being like, maybe I could invent a right? religion to believe in. And koala bears were my favorite animal. Ah. So I was like, it's the king koala. And I drew a koala on a cloud and I like tried to make myself believe in it. I'm like, I just, it's not, it's not going in. I can't believe this exists. Yeah. I was just, I'm much sadder because it was in high school. I was kind of, and I like studied a little I bit know, of Buddhism. I don't know. This was when I was 21. 
Oh, was that it? <laughs> no. no that I was like, you're good at drawing. <laughs> you're at art school for koalas. Yeah. Uh, no, I, yeah, I totally, you know, was looking into Buddhism and all this stuff and Hinduism and wanted to see if there was anything that I could really believe in. And it ended up always kind of coming back to like, I mean, I read some existentialism mm-hmm. and Nietzsche's, Nietzsche, and, uh, you know, that stuff, and it ended up being like Camus and Ionesco was my favorite writer and kind of philosopher, absurdist guy. And I just got mostly into that. It's kind of like make your own meaning, find a purpose and sacrifice and submit yourself to it. And I I just sort of enjoyed more and more the idea of comedy being that thing. Mm-hmm. And I found it to sort of underlie everything and be a way of looking at the entire world and a way of interacting with people and – that you could do it as a vocation even. So, there's something weird about that, that comedy is important enough that it has its own section and some magazines and newspapers. and Right. It's like a genre in every form of art almost and it can make fun of any other – you know, you can do an interpretive dance. But we all remember sketches about interpretive dance on you know Saturday Night Live or something. Do you think the reason we like it is because it points to the absurdity of life, which is something that we all kind of know deep down? Yeah, I think so. And I think also in, in, in a sense it's sort of anti-religious because it's anti-institution. You know, the Marx Brothers are the best at that. It's sort of saying like this is all ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We're no more ridiculous than you guys all being pretentious and talking about this and trading around money. And it's that whole kind of thing. And I, yeah, I think it does do that. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I mean I think, I think about that. Like what is that, that urge to laugh? You know, yeah. this is this is getting heady and probably pretentious. Um, <laughs> For sure, pretentious. <laughs> yeah, that's my fault. No, no, no. When I no, when I heard that you're into Ionesco, I was like, well, now there's someone I can be pretentious with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because not many people, yeah, not many people sort of know who that is or into it. And I just also found that, you know, it's it's so specific. To be a person who kind of makes fun of everything, you know, and if one of those things isn't religion, which is like the most ridiculous but also biggest and most powerful institution in the world, you know, people are killing other people for it and dying for it every day, Um, you know, for a thing that can't be proven and doesn't – it's the only thing that people won't, you know – Submit everything else. We're like weighing out the pros and cons. Do I want these shoes? How much is this? Is this food bad for me? Should I, you know, your logic is applied to everything else except for religion because then people are like, no, that's just what I believe. Yeah. This is what I believe. It's really interesting. And so, yeah, I think comedy, you know, by design is sort of has to be able to poke fun at that. And I think to truly, truly be a great comedian, you can't take yourself very seriously Mm -hmm. which of course is hilarious in the context of us being like you know Inesco I thought had the best view of a sort of absurdism but also makes it sexism but I you know it it is I actually think this is why podcasts are great because I find that so many comedians are very deep thinkers and very interesting people and like very lovable people I mean Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm simultaneously fascinated and appalled and kind of wanting to be friends with Adam Carolla. We all are. Exactly. Yeah. Even even Adam himself. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and, and I find that with a lot of people. And those are people that I like and find interesting. And comedians tend to hang out with other comedians. So 
I, I like that you can be a little bit more serious mm-hmm. on a podcast. And it is, you know, it, I, I almost wish – it was interesting. My mother said this to me. I, w- I, I personally wish that there could be more of – it was safe to be able to have these types of conversations as long as you kind of said like, but also – what the fuck do I know? I'm a giant toddler who like makes faces in front of cameras for a living. <laughs> you know, it's okay if, if you if you keep that in mind. But my mother was like, you know, when these school shootings happen, all the religious figures sort of step forward and say, this is this and, you know, by design and this shooter is going to go to hell and these people are going to go to heaven. And atheists just are in hiding. There's we don't, we don't have anybody that comes out and says like – you know, it's okay. They're dead now and we need to learn from that and it affects the right. living in this way. But they're sort of – you know, we don't need to judge them and we need to understand that this person that did this is sick and what can we learn from the situation to prevent it in the future. That's all sort of pragmatic stuff that I think pushes, you know, human intelligence and society and everything forward instead of having people come out and be like, from a mountain on high, they're punishing mm-hmm. – like it was crazy when Hurricane Katrina happened. And certain people were stepping out and going, it's because it's a city of sin. Right. You know, this is God's will. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking well, it just about? Make, it just makes you go, how are, how, how are we all on the same earth at the same time in this year? And some people believe that. And it's some, so insane. But then when I take in like the totality of different beliefs around the globe, uh, then it hits me that like the majority of people are not thinking how you and I are thinking no, not at, at all. all. Not at all. No. In yeah. fact, they think we're going to hell. Right. We're insane. And they, whatever. I mean, it's so it's so crazy. And what's weird is like, you know, in other parts of the world, they believe a completely different thing from mm-hmm. Christians and believe it and think Christians are heretics and, you know, Americans are the devil and all this crazy shit. And it's really weird. Yeah. It's like, what is it? Only 10 or 20 percent of right. – People are atheists, and in America, it's just a little bit higher. It's like twenty or thirty percent. Yeah, there's just there's ideology has a grip on so much of the world, and it's. I remember thinking that it was after nine eleven that I yeah. I was really thinking like, what's well, a great time for ideology? Yeah, but not for thought. Um, right. What exactly. Your... Exactly. There's more bumper stickers than yeah. conversations like this. Right. And that's it's, and it's because most people can't. It's overwhelming to imagine everything without a set of rules that have been laid out for you. It's overwhelming to imagine your own death. It's overwhelming and, to think that there's not meaning because I think that yeah. we are designed to think in a linear fashion and to and to be aware of cause and effect. So to yeah. think that ultimately it's just a – is like – I think that's threatening even though for me to think in some other way, to think that – uh, well, someone's going to take a measure of my life afterwards and then decide whether I get to go to the fun place or the hot place. Like yeah. that's wor- that's scarier because that is different than anything I think. Right. But but you've also – we both had our entire lives yeah. to kind of grapple with this. And right. like Pete Holmes is a guy who was religious up until this one point. So he's like trying to play catch up mm-hmm. with us who have been given the benefit of like – from the beginning, you're going to have to right. be thinking about this and figuring it out. Right. Um, but that is sort of the great comedy, I think, of all of this is that we sort of have been given the equipment biologically through evolution to be successful as a species of like we're the most important. We've got to keep our families really important. You know, and we can analyze things and question them to an infinite you know, degree. 
and we don't have and but there isn't any meaning and so we're sort of searching for this thing that isn't there because we're not kind of trying to survive anymore now and that's the sort of modern comedy is like people texting and trying to do I buy a car am I going to house what sort of just chasing happiness instead yeah. of food right and there's kind of no happiness is sort of this thing of like you kind of determine it on your own it's totally relative mm-hmm. it's completely subjective we actually we, Gary and I talked about it on this show like whether happiness is a goal worth pursuing it just right. in and of itself you know and i i think what was the conclusion I can't remember. I think well, no, not. Do you remember what you said? I remember what I said, which was that it's not um, th- that it's not a good goal to pursue in and of itself, but rather you should be focusing on your personal relationships and your balance of work and friendship and right. stuff like that, and then happiness will come as an ancillary result of those. Things. Yeah, right. and happiness also. I mean, hedonism is kind of the pursuit of pleasure, and that might be what you guys are bored yeah, on maybe talking, that's what we're talking about. But. I, I think yeah. that's that's again subjective. It's like you, that's what you guys are talking about, and I agree with that. But also working on your relationships and sort of building something and giving back and being altruistic, all those things, those make you happy. So maybe you're pursuing happiness through those. Yes, avenues. yeah, that's but that's yeah, that's what we're saying. Like that's a worthy goal. But just to be like, I want to be happy, and what makes me happy is doing this thing right now or whatever is yeah. not gonna. Then then you're sort of just being selfish. Yes, yes. It's a tough. It's look. It's a very very. It's a tough thing, and it's a weird thing to sort of. Your entire focus is making people happy and distracting them. And then, but you're sort of living in the same prison that they are. It's weird. It's like being in a cell with a whole bunch of people, and you're kind of doing magic tricks and and making them laugh. But you're also going to get fucked in the shower. It's, that's that's exactly what life is. That's what life is. What are your parents like? Uh, they're great. My father is a well, an expert witness, but he's like he was a lawyer and is a shrewd guy. And my mother is a psychologist and she used to do ER psychology mm-hmm. and she's a very like deep emotionally affected sort of you know very accepting smart woman and then my father is kind of this like stoic she's effusive and is ador- adoring and you know doting and loves me and thinks that her kids can do no wrong and then my father is sort of like you know, hardly ever impressed, or if he is, doesn't show it. And uh, but very, very funny. They're both very, very funny. And uh, you know, the most fun I had growing up was going to a restaurant with them. They <laughs> just are so funny. And uh, one of my first memories is my father, like, you know, asking for something, and my mother was like, "No, you have to eat your mashed potatoes before you get more corn or something." And he just pushed it. He just dropped his face into the mashed potatoes. <laughs> And I just was like, oh, he'll really go far to do a bit, you know. <laughs> um, but they're great. They're really nice. Like I talked to my father today and was sort of trying to talk to him about kind of planning for the future and investing stuff. And he just know- – he knows about everything. He's a really, really, really smart guy. Um, you can sort of ask him about anything. He knows a little bit about everything. Do you ever wish he was more effusive? Uh, I think I, when I was younger I did. But I now now I just sort of accept that that's the way that he is, and try and understand that he shows those things in different ways. So mm-hmm. he, I, I sort of instead of thinking it's weird and alienating that he sends me articles that he clipped out of the newspaper like once a month, 
you know, I, I now understand like, oh, that's very nice. He's thinking of me. He's like, I want to share this information with you. Yeah. And that's his sort of way of saying like, I love you, son. I think that you're smart or whatever. We're all seeking in our parents' approval, father's approval. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your parents like? Uh, they are 16 years apart. And, really? um, my... They're 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 funny. Father is older. Yeah, my and dad's do older. You date, the guy you're dating is he older than you? He is uh, only like a year older than I am. But when I was or when I was younger, I did always want to date older guys. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I think I just I hit a point where I see. I think that I my feeling about like my my parents notwithstanding, but my feeling about that huge age difference is that if is that it's a way to avoid intimacy because uh-huh. that person can't really see you clearly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm sure there's exceptions, but for the most part. So I think that that's because I was like, I could be whoever I wanted with someone who's a lot older versus mm. someone who's like in my class at school and knows exactly who I am, you yeah. know? I think that's a good idea. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. I always dated people that were older than me. Um, and my mother is younger than my father. But, um, and my lady friend now is like, uh, four years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. Why do you think you dated people who are older than you? I just I because you you're mature for your, for your age. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you should see me after uh, a, a couple of tokes and smokes in my uh, in my board shorts. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I don't know. Yeah, I I always imagined that I would. Date someone or get or end up with somebody that was older than me. I don't. Yeah, I think because I sort of could. They they usually they tended to be better at carrying a conversation. That was growing mm-hmm. up though. It's like people my age now. Uh, you know, there's plenty of smart cookies that are our age. You know, it's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I think God, I have so much interesting stuff to talk with you about. But because we are under a time constraint, alas, I think we should do. Oh yeah, just mirror everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? That's All a right. good one. I like that. Mitch Serps. Well, you have one actually. Do you want to do yours first or you want to do the ones that we have on uh, the board No, let's, do, let's okay. do the ones on the board first. Mitch Serps says, I say something doesn't bother me at all when it really, really bothers me, mostly to avoid confrontation. Oh, yes. I do that too. That's been a big thing that I've been learning how to kind of get better at is to actually say what's on my mind. But um, I think I've told the story before that uh, I was at a lecture at the college that I went to. David Foster Wallace was speaking. I'd already graduated. Uh. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, and I came back and I was, there, there wasn't enough room. So I was sitting on the floor and I felt something like tugging on my coat. And I looked back and one of my former professors was stepping on my coat and I didn't want to move because I didn't want him to feel embarrassed. So huh. I just sat there literally letting someone step on me for the whole lecture. Um, so, yeah, I'm bad with uh, saying things bother me. I, uh, yeah, I tend to try and take care of everybody else in the room. Yeah. So I'll sort of put other people before myself a little too often. Mm-hmm. I do do that. And I, I sort of – but you know what's interesting too? Not a lot of things bother me. I'm not a guy who's like – uh, take your shoes off the coffee table or something <laughs> like that. It doesn't. I, for the most part, I'm kind of like just do whatever you want. Right. I've had to really train myself lately to stop saying no problem or 
or don't worry about it because like, cause I'd find myself doing something for somebody that was really pissing me off because it wasn't my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, and they'd be like, Oh, thanks. I'm like, no problem. No, no, it is a problem for me. I'm fucking yeah. like, just okay. Like needs to be my response or like, you're welcome. Not, yeah. not no problem. Cause no problem means you're welcome to me in a lot of situations. Yeah, right. But in that situation, I, I've been trying to train myself. Well, what about just not doing the thing for them that pisses you off? Or in certain situations, that's not a reality. Uh-huh. In certain situations, that's his job. Yeah. Exactly. He's like, I would actually like to be not doing this right now. Yeah. But- oh, no, <laughs> I know. No, I'm that's just kidding. Not what I mean. I'm just kidding. It doesn't bother me. No problem. Brendan E. Frank <laughs> says. Tying the string of a tea bag to the handle of a mug. I've never thought of doing that, but now I think maybe I will. On the rarer times when I drink tea with I'm a little a, string. Yeah, I'm not a tea guy. Yeah. I, that's a great idea. It's a good idea because sometimes the little little thingy on the string falls or in your Or if you cup put it in a teapot, you just put the – don't throw it all the way in. Just put it so and close the lid on the string. Yeah. And hold it in place. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways. That, so it's just you, essentially, Brendan, but great idea. Dan the Dodge, whenever I order fish and chips and then bite into it, I'm always disappointed it's not chicken. That is uh, – it's not me. Not me. I always bite in and I wish I had waited longer to bite. Because it's, it's hot. Too hot. Yes, I hate that. Oh, Dan the Dodge. I know. Are There's few things more annoying than – that like sandpaper feeling on the roof of your mouth after you yeah. eat like hot chocolate or anything. And I love pizza and I always eat it late and I eat it soon. So I've always yeah. burned the roof of my mouth on a lot of things. Coffee. I always drink coffee too fast because I don't drink coffee that much. Mm-hmm. Such an idiot. Can't give you anything hot. Sogcast. Is it just me or do you feel like there is someone hiding in the shower anytime the curtain is closed? Um, sometimes. Sometimes. Depends. Sometimes if you're in a creepy mood. Yes. But I often – there is somebody behind there because I hired a, a clown oh. to just stand in my tub for whenever I open it up. It's a fun party trick. <laughs> uh, not as fun with children. Right. They get more scared. Um, what kind of clown is it? Is it like a scary clown? No, it's a Commedia dell'arte clown. <laughs> you'd, you'd see it fucking in <laughs> eyes wide shut. You know what I mean? <laughs> Okay. Lord Kaladar. I imagine the clapping during the exit theme coming from Alison Rosen and G. Patrick Smith. That's uh there's clapping in that song? No, I think she's likes to imagine that you and I clap along. Oh. I thought she's saying that it sounds like there is clapping. I in think it. she does think Doesn't there's she clapping. Say the word imagine? I, I imagine she the imagines clapping. the clapping. Oh. I don't know. We should listen to it sometime. We'll listen at the end of it. Yeah. Actually, that brings me to a Hagel. I forgot. I do sort of have a Hagel. Fuck yourself. Okay. Richard Kuhn, Ricard Dune <laughs> is his name. Just mirror everyone. Dune. Basing whether a person is a Kathy or a Kathy, that's K or C, based on their personality. K's are more assertive. C's less so. I love that. No, I don't do that, but I love that. I love that too. Basing a Kathy or Kathy based on their personality. Yeah, and I love I, I I love the name Kathy. Do I mean, you? It's really funny. Yeah, and I prefer Kathy with a K. I I'm I actually okay with I'll use the C word when referring to Kathy's with the C. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you prefer Catherine with a K as well? No, I like it with a C. My sister's middle name is Catherine. With you're a C. you're a paradox. I'm a weird one. Bryant Rich, gas pump credit card reader, says lift handle to pump. Me, the handle doesn't move, and I am pumping. Get your shit together. Um, 
I, it doesn't vex me, but I've noticed that it says lift hand at the pump and you can't do that. Yeah. Spooky Mulder. Whenever my foot gets itchy, I immediately freak out that a spider is crawling around in my shoe. Is it just me or everyone? Well, I have one better for you. I thought a drip of water was heading down my my neck or like a hair sliding. It was a spider. Uh. Yeah, I had just got out of the shower and I had a towel wrapped around me. I was vulnerable and naked and I... Hence thought it was just water, but no, a spider. A spider of ah! salt. Ugh. Ugh, it was awful. I, yeah. I, <laughs> Apparently I, Gary has, is afraid of spiders. Do you? Are you afraid of spiders? I am afraid of I, spiders, those, but those, I thought that was going somewhere else. Those clowns uh, that, uh, that stay in my tub, yeah. I give them a little jar of spiders. That's so, nice. And I, have them, I, I get out of the shower and I kind of put on my silk robe and just get, I get all spidered. <laughs> all spidered up. Yeah, yuck. Iconi 11. <laughs> Ice cream truck music is so annoying. Now, I said we don't even need to do this one because, of course, it is one of the most annoying sounds oh, known no, to man. Oh, no. I love it. I was I, just going to say. I, exactly. I'm so wrong. It's so awful. I can't stand it. I, I showed it. Also. I'm like, an ice cream truck is coming. Have you ever had one parked outside your workplace? No, but I drove one for four and a half years. You did not. That's not even the – what is it? I, I blocked it out. There's a bunch of different variations. But, but they're just, all annoying. Just so everyone knows how viscerally Allison hates this, I showed her the Just Me or Everyone's before the show, which I don't know why. I've never really done that. Nah, and yeah. she goes, we need to take one out. It's just, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's I like nails like, on a chalkboard, and I'm like, the, well, I was like, that's obvious. Everyone hates. I thought everyone hated that sound. No, it's just you're the me only one and in this room. and Iconi. If that was her, Iconi really Eleven. Iconi Eleven. I really hate it. I really find it to be like, ugh. I if it's not around me for a long time, I love it. It's nostalgic. Daniel and I have these chip clips now, which are a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> and they, um, it's like one's a little oh, bird, I, and it goes like, <laughs> you know, and then one's an owl that goes. You're good at noises as well. I thanks. Anyway, though, my brain is so spongy that uh, that that sound will get. I will be walking around and will be stuck in my head. I think that's why I don't like the ice cream truck sounds. Like whatever I hear, basically, I will hear for the next six hours. Because then it sticks in your head. Yes. Here's uh, somebody said this. Wait, is this a just me or everyone or is this a hey, go it's fuck yourself? just me okay. or everyone. Uh, I don't know the person's name though. But somebody tweeted me, Bish, please, B-I-S-H-P-L-E-A-Z-E is what I say when someone tells me that cows do not have four penises. That's just them. That is just them. Yeah. Because I don't say Bish, please when someone tells me that. I say, I know. Nice. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, probably have no time for the closing song, which is a shame. But we do have some Hey Go Fuck Yourselves. Yeah. Right? Do you have something to share? I do. I uh, Darkav Zero, D-A-R-K-A-V Zero, commented when I hosted this thing equals three, surprised they allowed a pedophile on the show. Hey, 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 go, go fuck yourself. There it is. Just because I have a mustache that pedophiles look at and they're like, that's a bit much. It doesn't mm-hmm. <laughs> mean – Lollipop World 1012 said T-Gay butt filler is a gay robo-fag. Now, I do go by T-Gay butt filler. That's how I introduce <laughs> myself at parties. Right, but you're not a robo-fag. Well, also, a gay robo-fag, that's, that's a double it's negative. redundant. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So- a gay a robo fag who's gay likes robo chicks. Yeah. You, they couldn't be more wrong. Play it. Play it. Do it. Hey. 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 Go fuck yourself. All right. <laughs> and then just Jelmer Trollnoda, <laughs> which is the worst name ever. Uh, the gay faggoty Prince William. That's is what you are? how I describe T.J. Miller. Oh, that gets a big. People. Hey. Hey. hey go fuck yourself. People love to, you know. They like to say, say that I'm gay. I don't know what the deal is. It's also yeah. YouTube. It's a lot of YouTube comments. Yeah, YouTube brings out the best in people. Really? Why is that? I Why? don't know. It's, so it's, it's a special kind of asshole. Um, I didn't have one, but I, I now I'm. I don't have it in front of me. But I'm remembering a bit of a comment that someone said, um, which was something about how it's like narcissistic of us to put the closing song at the end of the thing because it's. Two and a half minutes. I don't even know if it is. And they just listen from one to the next and they don't want to have to hit fast forward. And we should really think about that. And I think, um, no, it's narcissistic of you to think that I would say to the guy who handed me the song, um, this is too long. I need you to cut it down so that this one person who listens in this certain way won't have to hit the fast forward button because I can't ask him to fast forward. It's also a show. It's the end of this is yeah. an episode. It's right. Not, this isn't supposed to be for your marathon listening, you fucking selfish dick licker. That's right. Unless it was part of a larger comment and the rest of it was nice, in which case, never mind. But assuming that you're a, a what? Dick licker? Dick licker. A dick licker. Hey, hey. Fuck yourself. That felt good. Or go lick your own dick. That's right. If you if you can, if not, you can. If not, try. do more stretching. Yeah. Just stretch um, your hamstrings more. TJ Miller, this has been delightful. Thank you so much for coming and Allison, doing this my was show. So fun. I, I feel like we even have more to talk about. Um, uh, I'd love to come back if you ever have another slot. I would love to have you back. Well, we're ending the show forever. Forever? No, not really. I was just. It was a. Just a thing I said. It was know. not even a joke. No, People yeah, we'll, we'll have you back. We'll have you like, back. Is that true? Is that real? It's not real. Just have me back in 2018. Great. We'll make some time. Um, <laughs> where should people find you? Um, on rides.tv backslash RVC. Uh, I'm doing this thing called Gore Burger. That's the most recent thing I'm doing. Just Google it. It's a giant blue alien monster that takes over a Japanese morning talk show to interview indie rock bands. Uh, G-O-R Burger. And then my website is tjmillerdoesnothaveawebsite.com. Mm-hmm. And my Twitter is at not tjmiller um, because at tjmiller is taken by a Pennsylvanian woman who has tweeted, I think, eight times since 2007. And uh, yeah, you can find me live. Next, I'm going to be. Uh, I'm going to be in in New York City. Actually, I don't know when this is airing yet, so it might be after that. It might be. Well, when are you going to be there? You know, my tour dates are on my yeah, February we'll just... 7th through the 10th. Oh, I That's not for a while. Yeah. Or come on, come and see me. That's it. Right. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you. And thanks, you guys, <laughs> thank for listening. You, for you can me. follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. I love you guys. I love you, too. Bye. There's clapping during the final song, but you'll never hear it. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Thank you for choosing.
Digital. 